Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Jovan Buhav, the athletic, will join me in about a half hour or so. We got a lot to get into. Uh, this stretch for the Lakers, kind of interesting. Kind of feel like I'm getting some positivity from Laker fans, but also some negativity, even though the team has kind of put themselves right back in the hunt. Is Anthony Davis doing enough? We'll, uh, we'll talk about AD, D'Angelo so far in his return, and um, uh, the latest on LeBron James. So we got a lot that we got to get into and I'll try to cram it in in the next hour or so. So I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Okay, let's kind of recap here real quick. Um, Obviously, Lakers talk is once a week. So when I come on here on a Monday and we kind of do an extended show of talking Lakers basketball, um, I'm always curious, all right, what did the Lakers do the week prior? What do they got coming up in uh, in this upcoming week? So here's where the Lakers are sitting right now. And this is fluid, very fluid. I mean, so much so that before, when I started doing my notes here, um, the Lakers were back down to 11th, but because the Utah Jazz just lost to the Miami Heat, I was rooting for the Miami Heat like I was born and raised in Miami. Literally five minutes ago, um, the Heat ended up, I think they won by four or something like that over Utah. Lakers are back up to 9th. And oh, by the way, the Dallas Mavericks just lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, so the Lakers now half game out of another out of the number eight spot. So let me put all that to the side here for just a quick second. I know the Lakers didn't win last night, and I know the Lakers, um, yeah, you could call it just an incredible opportunity. You're going up against the Knicks. Knicks are playing second of a back-to-back, no Jalen Brunson. Um, So it certainly was an opportunity, but you know what? I don't know. I was just walking away from Crypto.com last night. I was walking away from the post-game show and I didn't feel this, ah, uh, Lakers really blew this unbelievable opportunity. I think they're playing good basketball. I, that, that's I'm kind of just to simplify it here, I really think they're playing good basketball. I've never been, you know, really more optimistic about what these final 14 games, the potential of these final 14 games could look like. Now listen, you go and lose a couple games in a row, then I'm sure my optimism can change. Um, of course where you are in the NBA standings could change. And it is it is insane how many teams are just all clustered together. It really is. I, I don't remember a time watching the NBA where 5 through 12 or 13 are within a few games. That's just, that's just crazy to me. But I, I know the way I looked at the Lakers coming into this five-game homestand. So last night was the final game of a five-game homestand for the Lakers. And I said it, if I wasn't saying it on Lakers Talk, I was probably saying in the post-game show, got to go 3-2 and two over that stretch. They went 3-2. and two. I thought these this weekend games, the weekend games that the Lakers just had, one against the Toronto Raptors, one against the New York Knicks, I thought they needed to split those two. They split those two. Beat Toronto, lost to the New York Knicks. Um, thought that they really, really had to start gaining ground in the West since the All-Star break. They've done that. 
They're eight and four since the trade deadline. Remember the trade deadline happened and it was on a Thursday and then the Lakers basically had no players available against the Milwaukee Bucks. But everybody came for that next game, which I think was on the road against the Warriors, and LeBron wasn't in that game. And that's when you could kind of start counting. All right, how are the Lakers done since the trade deadline? They're eight and four. They're four games over five hundred in a twelve game stretch. Um, they needed to look like a complete team. They needed to look like the right pieces are there. They needed to look like they didn't need a miracle to win games or that they weren't so dependent on the rest of the Western Conference losing in order for them to kind of stay in the battle. Hasn't all those things happened in the last three weeks or so? And it hasn't been an ideal situation. I mean, obviously, Braun's injury, uh, he's already been out now for a couple of weeks. Eventually, he's going to get um, you know, reassessed and, and uh, reevaluated, and, and we'll see what happens with Braun down the road. But they've done this without LeBron James. D'Angelo Russell just came back two games ago. He was out for six straight games. Um, I, I'm I'm really, really, I feel bullish about where the Lakers are sitting here and these 14 games left in the regular season, what they can accomplish. 14 games left in the regular season. Now, was last night a bummer that they got that close to getting back to 500 and they took a step back? Of course it was. Did they make... Um, did they make Julius Randle look like Hakeem Olajuwon sometimes? Yeah, they probably did. Did they make R.J. Barrett look like the greatest uh, uh, finisher in the history of the league? Yeah, there were some moments there where you're like, all right, this this is way too much. This is way too pro New York Knicks. But at the same time, Knicks are 10 games over 500. they They're playing good basketball. Give them credit too. It's not like the New Yorks came in. It's not like it was the Orlando Magic or the Houston Rockets. They're a good team. They came in, they had a good night, and they walked away with a four-point win or whatever that was. Um, but I, 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 uh, I feel good at the spot that the Lakers are in. You know, I, I always look at this, and I, I'm not saying we got to do this every game, but I think it tells somewhat of a story. It doesn't tell the whole story, but it says it gives a partial story of kind of what's happening right now in the Western Conference, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. There are the, the end of the standings there. They always say, all right, how is a team doing in their last – 10 games. So I'll give you an idea where the Lakers stand compared to some of these other teams. The Warriors are in the sixth spot. They've won six of their last 10. The Timberwolves are in the seventh spot. They're five and five in their last 10. The Mavs are in the eighth spot. They're three and seven in their last 10. The Pelicans, three and seven in their last 10. The Thunder, five and five. The Jazz, four and six. The Blazers, three and seven. Do you know who t- what team has the best record against all of these teams? I mean, you can even throw the Clippers if you are if you want in there as well. Over their last ten games, it's the Lakers. Lakers are seven and three, so they're trending in the right direction. Their strength of schedule will actually play to the Lakers' advantage, believe it or not, uh, as far as you know what um, what the schedule is the the rest of the way, and we'll see if the Lakers can obviously take advantage of that. Um, I'm going to check one thing here. Yeah, so Dallas lost, and they were without Luka, and they were without uh, Kyrie. So it looks like both those guys didn't play. Memphis blew them out. Um, I, I got, you know, I, I felt like there were some Laker fans over from yesterday's game, a little bit today, this morning with Travis and Sliwa's show, that they weren't as optimistic, that they, you know, weren't as crazy about where the Lakers are sitting, and they weren't as... Um, I guess bullish as I am of what the final 14 game stretch is going to look like. 
Uh, you can feel free either way. I threw this out to Laker fans. What do you think of where the Lakers are sitting right now? What do you think of this final stretch? If you have some thoughts, uh, of course, you can always give your opinion on Lakers stock. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. A quick shout out here. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, if your vehicle is due for a service, don't procrastinate. Just take care of it. Visit SoCalOilChains.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Greatly appreciate their partnership. they got locations all across Southern California. Just visit SoCalOilChains.com. Um, one other thing that was a little bit different for me over these last couple of weeks, Lakers basketball is fun again. Maybe this was because we had a five-game homestand and the Lakers, you know, they lost that first game to Minnesota, but it was a good game. It was entertaining. Minnesota's a, you know, pretty good team. They could go off in any night. They went and blew out the Atlanta Hawks earlier today in Atlanta. Um, but the vibe at Crypto has been fantastic. And I feel like, you know, they're not obviously playoff games, but there's a vibe of, well, you got to win these games. I mean, you're not, you don't have the luxury of saying, oh, we're fine. You know, uh, you know, we lose a couple in a row, no big deal. No, you lose a couple in a row. You back, you end back up in the 12th spot. But I thought the the style of play, the amount of role players, AD was going through a fantastic uh, stretch. D-Load these last couple of games, been fun to see him. I thought the vibe at Crypto has been, been really, really good these last couple of games, so that's been fun to see. Now, for the final 14 games left, um, I don't want to, I don't want to overhype it, but I expect big things over these last 14 games. When I say big things, I'm not saying you got to go, you know, 10 and 4, but is there a reason why the Lakers, um, you know, can't win nine of these games? And we're just going to have to kind of wait back and see, but I don't think that's a stretch where in the past I would have thought that's a stretch. Eight and six, okay, well, that's pretty much only just going to get you back to 500. And 500 probably gets you where you need to be. But if you go look at those 14 games, they got a lot of games that um, I think play to their advantage. And now with D'Angelo Russell back, I'm sure some of those expectations are going to change as well. Okay, I, I want to I want to talk about AD here for a quick second. So Anthony Davis, since LeBron James left, went through a stretch where his numbers were just you know fantastic. I, I mean, it, there's just nothing you could say. Um, he had games. What was that three-game stretch he had versus Minnesota? 38 points, um, 12 of 22 from the field. Versus the Warriors, 39 points, 14 of 25 from the field. Against Memphis, 30 points, 22 rebounds, 11 of 17 from the field. Uh, each one of these games he's averaging, he's ha- he has at least two block shots. He had four block shots against the Toronto Raptors. Um, Bron's obviously not around. We come back, I want to spend a little time on Anthony Davis. These last two games... Um, he had one game where he only took seven shot, uh, uh, seven field goal attempts and no free throws. He had another game like he did last night against the Knicks where he was one of five from the free throw line and he blamed that loss on him. Um, is AD doing enough? We'll talk about that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Just a reminder, Jovan Buha from The Athletic in about 15 minutes. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Uh, Jovan Bua, The Athletic, coming up in about 15 minutes. Um, throughout the question here, just what do you think so far, where the Lakers are sitting, this stretch run of 14 games, if you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. Also mention Anthony Davis, is he doing enough? Um, it's funny, I'm looking at uh, Tankathon. Does the strength of schedule the rest of the way? Do you know out of 30 teams in the NBA, the Lakers supposedly have the easiest schedule left in the NBA? That's big time right there. They are 30th. So the Lakers, obviously an opportunity here over this final stretch to take advantage of that. Utah's got the toughest schedule. Some other teams that are in there that just are are, uh, worth noting. Portland, 7th toughest. Minnesota, 11th toughest. Golden State, 14th toughest. So those are some of the teams that are hanging around around the Lakers. Pelicans and Dallas, 26 and 27. So something to keep in mind there. Let's take a quick phone call here. Solomon and Lake Balboa. What's going on, Solomon? Hey, Alan, thanks for taking my call. A couple of things. One, I will answer your Laker question and also a comment on AD. I think the Lakers going forward just can't afford to do what they did against the Knicks. you got to make your free throws. If you make your free throws, you win that game. You can't have late fourth quarter collapses or poor execution like they did when they wasted 14 seconds because they couldn't get a foul. Okay? And you can't go that cold in a fourth quarter. You know, they couldn't throw a pee in the ocean. Going forward, if you start reverting back to those things, it's not going to be pretty. Regarding AD, is he doing enough? I think he's doing as much as he can. I think Mo Bamba was a big blow to the Lakers. There's no other seven-footer out there that's long, big wingspan, can hit a three. Yeah, they got big wings, but now they're missing a big man again, and I don't think AD can can necessarily make up for that. I I don't think he's... I don't think that's how he works. He works better when he's got some support. Solomon, appreciate the call. Um, so, I, listen, I, I think on – I think that, you know, the Knicks game, I'm going to read out. I have some tweets here that I'm going to read out. Um, Daniel on Twitter, after yesterday, I don't feel good at all. I was talking about that loss to the Knicks. Um, uh, and listening to Solomon there, the way the Lakers lost to the Knicks, sounds like he's losing a little bit of optimism as well. I, I guess I just don't see the same thing. I think in an 82-game – if the Lakers had won four of their last 12 games, different conversation, right? But I think because they're 8-4 and four in their last 12, losses are going to come. You know, whether you, whether you like it or not, at least they lost 
to a Knicks team rather than losing to the San Antonio Spurs or lost to a lottery team where you don't think they're going to go anywhere. Um, I get that there's frustration on one loss, but I, I, I mean, that's the league. You're going to play 82 games. You're not going to win them all. And they, if you'd have told me 12 games ago they're going to go 8-4, and four, every Laker fan would have signed up for it in a heartbeat. But I guess the latest loss is the one that sticks out the most. Sean on Twitter, I feel good but not sure if they can make it to 6. Just get healthy. They'll get out of the play-in with this team healthy. Yeah, 6 is six ain't going to be easy, that's for sure. Golden State's got um, a game going on right now, and they're sitting in the number 6 spot. They got really lucky to beat the Milwaukee Bucks a couple nights ago, but that 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 happens. Um, they're up by nine against the Phoenix Suns, so we'll, we'll see if the if the Warriors are going in the direction we need them to go in, or they're um, uh, or starting to get hot at the right time. Okay, so let, let's stick on this Anthony Davis stuff here real quick. Is AD doing enough? He's getting a lot of praise over those last ten games or so. I already mentioned, you know, he had some of those stats all at home, the 38 and 5, the 39, 8 and 6 with a couple of block shots, the 30 and 22 against Memphis with two block shots. Um, the Toronto game, he had eight points, four block shots, only took seven shots, did not get to the free throw line. I, I you know, listen, when the Lakers lose, then, or I'm, let's put it this way when the Lakers win, like they beat the Toronto Raptors, the conversation is, wow, well, look at the Lakers. Even if Anthony Davis doesn't have a good night, or even if he's not aggressive, or even if he doesn't get to the free throw line, wow, they can still win a game against the playoff team in the Toronto Raptors. Um, D'Angelo Russell was calling him selfless, that you know he didn't need the ball, and he didn't care whether he was in or not because the Lakers were on the middle of a run, and Wenyan Gabriel was in, and Jared Vanderbilt, and he just said, you guys keep doing your thing. I do agree. I think you know the one thing I don't associate Anthony Davis with, I never call the guy selfish. He's not selfish. Um, and, and sometimes these great, great players probably, you know, to a fault, but also to their benefit, they probably are selfish because they have so much confidence in themselves. They, they believe in themselves more than anybody else. What we also always used to joke around with Kobe, it's like, all right, Kobe, do you make the right pass or does Kobe take that 18-foot fadeaway with two guys coming on him? He's like, yeah, I'll go ahead and take that 18-foot fadeaway. He has more confidence in himself. That's what made Kobe so great. That's what made Kobe, you know, the best player on a on a championship team uh, two years in a row when the Lakers won with Powell and him. Um I think the AD front, this is where I get frustrated with Anthony Davis, okay? First off, if I'm another team, I'm making him pass the ball, which is what Toronto and New York was trying to do. Um, I'm taking my chances with, okay, hey, if Troy Brown Jr. is going to take shots because we're doubling AD, cool. If, uh, go down the list, uh, if Malik Beasley, if Austin Reeves, if Dennis Schroeder, if Jared Vanderbilt... I'm not going to let Anthony Davis beat me because Bron's not out here. AD's kind of on his own. I, I think every team is going to have kind of a similar philosophy of how they try to stop the Lakers. Sometimes it's going to work like it did yesterday against the Knicks. Other times it's not. Um, where I get frustrated with Anthony Davis, I would just ask this. And I think the guy is doing fine. I think for those who um, really want to go out of their way and say, you know what, no, he's not doing enough and – um, I think some of his numbers over these last 10 games, there's been some really, really great games. Uh, what was it that I think it was that Dallas game? He had 30 against um, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies at Memphis, 28 and 19. And then he went through that stretch where he had the 38 to 39 to 30. 
What I don't like seeing from Anthony Davis, the one thing that I would say is frustrating for me personally, I don't like when he's not taking free throws. I don't like when um, he's just not aggressive enough on the offensive end. I think there are times, yes, he's, he's right. He's trying to make the right pass. He's trying to do the right thing. But there's also times you'd like to see Anthony Davis say, I'm Anthony freaking Davis. I'm taking over the game. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you do it. I'm getting to that free throw line, and when I get there, I'm going to deliver. Last night he was one for five from the free throw line. Okay, the one for five is one thing, but can you be six of ten? Can you be eight of twelve? As in, can you take more free throws? A game against the Raptors, he even take one free throw. Those are the areas that when I'm frustrated, I, I know what he's going to do on the defensive side. If the stat sheet says two block shots, well, he probably altered 10 different shots, so it's only going to tell so much. I don't have any issue with Anthony Davis, what he's going to do on the defensive side. But offensively, I get what he's trying to do. Troy Brown Jr. didn't help Anthony Davis yesterday. Malik Beasley did not help Anthony Davis yesterday. Jared Vanderbilt did not help Anthony Davis yesterday. None of those starters other than D'Angelo Russell, none of them helped Anthony Davis yesterday. I just don't want to see games go by when you have somebody as good as him not even get to the free throw line or only take a couple free throws. That's that's the separation. That's the difference. When you look at Embiid, Jokic, um, you look at uh, Giannis, there's not – you can't really – you usually don't go – you might have to go 10 games before there's a game where you say, man, that was a really off night for that guy. And for Anthony Davis, I think there are um, – too many nights, especially without LeBron James, where AD's got to also have that, well, effort. I'm going to, no matter what, I'm going to get to the free throw line. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to do everything I can. Um, you just don't want to see stat lines where he's not getting to the free throw line. That, that to me, tells a story. Listen, if the Lakers are winning, the Lakers are winning. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, I, I think he's got to be more aggressive in those circumstances. Daniel in Santa Monica. What's going on, Daniel? Hi, good evening, Slee. Thanks for taking my call. Got it, man. Um, you know, just a real, uh, real quick point on the, um, I guess, two points. Uh, one, the first thing I want to say is that, you know, what I think AD is doing great. I mean, yeah, he could always be doing better, right? But, um, you know, L.A., we're always going to be magnifying glasses and everything. And I think he's doing great. But it's tough for a big man to really be that number one alpha leader guy. We haven't seen that really since Shaq, right? And he ain't no Shaq. And, and Shaq had the triangle to get him in places and positions where the ball could find him. And I think without that, like, Chris Paul type of guy, you know, it's going to be tough for AD to have those crunch time numbers that we really want to see from him. Um, but one thing that I did want to highlight is that, you know, I think you hit on the nose like 10 minutes ago. Like, Laker basketball is fun, and it's, it's, a, it's fun, you know. Like, yeah, we got that. That was a tough loss to the Knicks, but I was looking for, you know, you're looking forward to the games. They mean something. And that's that just proves why – the superstar model isn't necessarily the way to go in this Kyrie thing. It's, you know, give us some nice pieces that fit. And now all of a sudden we look like a functional team that we're, you know, it's exciting. Um, but that's, that's the two points I want to make, you know, go Lake show. Hope we, hope we can get the six seed. Appreciate it, Daniel. Thank you, bud. Um, so look, uh, just to kind of uh, at least cap it with this AD stuff and I'll, I'll get, get into it with Yovan. Um, there are dominating big men in today's NBA, and it's those three guys. Like I said, it's Giannis, it's Embiid, it's it's uh, Joker. Um, I, I think, you know, getting him the ball, all that stuff, I kind of understand what you're talking about from that perspective. Triangle with Shaq, I think AD just by nature is not that 
I'm going to take over this game, and I'm going to do it nine out of ten nights. I, I just that, That's there for, let's say, 65% of the nights, but it's not there for some of the others. And I'm listen, I've said this before. I'm all right with AD's play. I just want him getting to the free throw line I think is more critical. I think it's more important. It also shows that he's a little bit more aggressive. Last thing that Daniel said, um, which, you know, obviously I made the point a little bit earlier, Laker games are fun again, period. And even if you're frustrated about the game, that means, okay, there's something that they're playing for. That means they're in the mix. That means they're in the hunt. Um, you know, I, I got the – I have the uh, – I'm very fortunate to be at all those home games. I've been there, right? So you've watched a team last year only win 33 games and how awful that season was. You also have watched a lot of games this year where, like, man, this thing just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. Those puzzle pieces don't fit together. Uh, that has not been the case since the trade deadline. Eight and four, like I mentioned, uh, since the uh, since the trade deadline. All right, Jovan Bua coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. All right, if you miss any part of the show, always uh, go to the ESPN LA app. Get a chance. Uh, the Lakers Talk channel is there. You catch any show, all this content we put up on uh, the Lakers Talk app. A quick shout-out to Vaveline Instant Oil Change. Thank you again for their partnership. Um, you got an issue with your car, Don't don't no, no need to procrastinate or any of that stuff. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Vaveline Instant Oil Change. Again, that's uh, SoCalOilChange.com. I uh, want to welcome in Jovan Buha, covers the Lakers and the NBA for uh, for the athletic. Uh, Jovan, as always, bud, I appreciate the time. I'm, I'm going to start off with this. Um, spend a little time of just kind of what the vibe I feel like it's been around Lakers basketball over these last couple of weeks. What, just how do you feel about where the Lakers are sitting right now? They're 33 and 35. You got 14 games the rest of the way. How do you uh, how do you feel about uh, the, this final 14 game stretch? Well, as always, thanks for having me on, man. And uh, I'll, I'll say this. This is my third year on the Lakers beat, and these are the best vibes uh, I've you know, witnessed around the team uh, since I've been covering them, uh, you know, bar none. Like, I guess you could maybe say that early 2020-2021 season, which was my first season, uh, yeah, they got out to the 21-7 and start. I was coming off the championship year. Um, and then things kind of went south with AD going down, LeBron going down, and obviously they, they lost in the first round of Phoenix. But uh, it, it just feels like th- there's been a renewed energy, and, and hmm. it's kind of been, you know, to a, a man, everyone has referenced that. Uh, obviously, we speak with Darvin the most, and, and he's kind of, you know, consistently beating that drum. But, uh, you know, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, LeBron, uh, you know, the, the holdovers from before the trade deadline have all kind of, mentioned just this this new energy and everyone's on the same page everyone's bought into their role i think you've seen that w- with some of these injuries with lebron going out delo going out uh, certain guys have, have had to step up and then you know delo comes back and, and dennis goes back to the bench and uh, austin's playing a little bit less but like everyone is really bought into to what they're doing I, I don't think there's any concerns with egos or or playing time or shot selection or, or whatever like um, you know, of course, the, they're not a perfect team, and I, I think we, we saw that last night against New York. Uh, I think they were reminded of some of the things that they have to consistently work on, and you know, not going away from AD too much, and uh, making sure they're they're focused and locked in defensively, and uh, you know, picking up early in transition, boxing out, 
making timely rotations. But like, you know, th- those things are, are kind of, I, I think, almost secondary to just the the energy that was around the team for most of the season and just the uncertainty of, is this the team we're going to have? Is this not the team we're going to have? Um, and, and just, I think, a, a lot of uh, just, just kind of some of the stuff that we've discussed, you know, multiple times on here about uh, just what was going on. So I think, you know, certainly uh, easiest schedule remaining in the NBA uh, you know, hopefully we'll get LeBron back before the the regular season ends, and eight and four in the last twelve, and and you know those twelve games coming post trade deadline. So really, with this new group, so I, I think it's hard to to nitpick much. Um, you know, again, most of that record has come with LeBron being out, which you know even the the championship team uh, you know struggled whenever LeBron would, would miss time or was off the floor, and like they're finding ways to win without him right now, and. Uh, again, you know, not not the toughest schedule, but you know, you, you can only control what what's in front of you. And I, I think they've they've done a good job of figuring out how to win some of these games. So uh, this is a big road trip, and, you know, especially the New Orleans game uh, as a team that they're currently tied with in the standings. But I even think the Houston game might even be more important, just because that's a game you have to win. Like that to me is an absolute must win. Like even if you win the New Orleans game, I think if you go into Houston and lose, that to me is a disappointing trip, just because that's a game against one of the worst teams in the league that should be an automatic W regardless of who's available. So, um, you know, I think this is definitely a trip they can go 2-0 and on. And if they do, I, I think they should be in the 8 or 9 seed, uh, you know, by the end of the week. Well, it's interesting you said that. i I'm got the league pass on in the background. Houston just beat Boston, which, of course, that well, makes no <laughs> sense at all. But I'm with you, you know, that – this season makes no sense. <laughs> it makes it makes no sense, but you're, you're right about they got. What does it matter if you have the easiest schedule left in the NBA if you're not taking advantage of it? And I, I think that's a good point on the Houston game. I'm I'm you know a couple games happened earlier today. So because Utah lost against Miami, Lakers are back up to ninth. I, listen, all the all the moving and the shaking. Um, you can you can define it any way that you want. But Lakers back at ninth. I'm curious, with 14 games left, and we talked about that the schedule is at least uh, the, the way they do their ranking of strength schedule, Lakers do have the easiest. Um, how many wins do you think it takes of those 14 games for the Lakers to be that? And, and it's so tough to determine this, but seventh seed, you're a game and a half out. Eighth seed, you're half a game out. The Warriors are playing right now. It looks like they're blowing out the sun. So the Warriors probably have a two-and-a-half-game cushion on you by the time it's all said and done. Um, eight and six over these last 14 games kind of sounds disappointing, right, where here's a team two games yeah. below 500, but if you go eight and six, it gets you back to 500. I don't know where that's going to put them, but you almost feel nine and five sounds so much different than eight and six. I'm just curious if you have a number in your head of what, what, what you think is realistic for the Lakers. Uh, I, I think 10 and four is in play. Um, you know, I, I think that would then take you to uh, 18 and eight with this new group. And yeah. I think if LeBron is able to return before the regular season ends, that's a shot in the arm. Like I, I really think, you know, it was kind of a, almost underplayed, but like he's at the game last night after taking a couple games off. Uh, with a medically excused absence, but no walking boot after it's been a couple weeks and he's walking around fine. And, um, you know, in between quarters is 
dribbling the basketball between his legs and, and spinning. And like, you know, obviously we, we've seen, you know, guys can re- return in that aspect and, and look okay, but there's still the hurdle of getting back on the court and, and, you know, uh, absorbing contact and, and playing five on five. And um, you know, like it, it, there's a process to returning. Uh, but, but I, I just think, you know, with, with some of the stuff that's floated out there of, you know, is he going to come back or is he not? Or, or and, you know, some of the rumors, like, it did look last night like it was a significant step in terms of just, you know, the, the, the boot being off, him walking around with, with no limp um, and just, you know, moving, I felt like, you know, pretty normally. So uh, we'll, we'll see uh, on the timeline or not. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be you know, extra cautious with that uh, and not try to jeopardize anything even as they make this push. But, you know, if he can come back last five to seven games uh, of the regular season, like, you know, I think that's just going to be uh, even more motivation and, and energy to this group. But I feel like 10 and four is, is possible. Um, you know, 11 and three, like maybe that's like the ceiling uh, realistically, like they do have some tough games uh, and some pivotal matchups kind of down the stretch. They also have that, um, you know, five game road trip, uh, which technically one of the games is against the Clippers. So, you know, it's still an LA game, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think, I think seven and uh, seven and seven probably gets you the ten seed. Hmm. Eight and six probably gets you the nine seed, and then nine and five or better gets you you know seven or eight. So uh, I think for them it, it, it's got to be nine and five or, or ten and four. And uh, you know if they can somehow get into that seven eight, uh, you know at a minimum, like that really shifts. Uh, I think their their odds oh, yeah. because you know coming in as the eight seed. You know, if you're in the nine ten, you you got to win that matchup. Then you got to play the loser, the seven eight, win that on the road, and then you're coming in as the eight seed. If you can get up to seven eight, or obviously six would be ideal. Uh, now I think that changes the trajectory uh, of their playoff course. But I, I really think this is going to be the lower seed that no one wants to play. Like, obviously, we'll we'll see what happens with the upper side of the bracket. Like, I, I think you know, there's a chance the Warriors or the Clippers are in that you know five six uh, mix and those teams are going to be tough outs. Uh, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we're looking at, uh, you know, uh, end of the first round and, like, two or three lower-seeded teams have won in the first round with it potentially being, like, the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Lakers um, all kind of winning their, their matchups on the road. So I, I think it's for, – for them, it's, it's just – yeah, I, I'd say 9-5 and five or 10-4 and four is, is probably what they should be aiming for. Jovan, you mentioned something about Braun, and I and – I, I, I don't know if these are the exact. I know that the, it was he's going to get reevaluated in three weeks. He got injured um, February 26th. That was at Dallas. February 27th was decided, okay, he's not going to be back for a little bit. If that three-week period, which was when I think it was announced, he's going to get reevaluated in three weeks, let's just assume he's not there for the rest of March, which would be mm-hmm. about a month total. That would be four weeks. April, you still got five games left in April, and you know you got about a week or so to try to, as best as you can, get back on track before it's the playing tournament or depending on where they are. Um, I, listen, I don't disagree, and we'll, we'll see how things play out. We'll see what the Lakers do over this stretch, over these next ten games or so, and we'll see what Braun's progress is. Um, but uh, certain teams are trending in one direction, and Lakers certainly are trending towards the right one, and their best player hasn't been around for most of this stretch. So I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about it. Um, I spent a little time talking about Anthony Davis. AD 
um, you know, listen, he's had some games where uh, you call it the Minnesota game. Just use as an example. He had 38 against the Golden State Warriors, 39, 8, and 6. All these games he's had basically two blocks. Memphis, he had 30 and 22. Um, when AD is not doing when, – when he's not having the game that you're looking for on a box score. So I, let me use as an example. The game against Toronto – they won the game. I just hated that he didn't even have one free throw attempt. He only took seven shots, but they won the game, so kind of put that to the side. Yesterday, he had five free throw attempts, but he was one of five from the free throw line. Uh, question for you is, uh, Is do you think AD's doing enough right now without Braun? And when AD, if there's one thing that he's lacking of doing or he doesn't do consistent enough, what, what's, what kind of stands out to you? Yeah, well, uh, I think I, I look at, last night's game as, as more of an off game for, from an offense perspective, even though he had 17 points and, and took 18 shots compared with the Toronto game where he only had eight points and, and took seven shots because mm-hmm. Toronto, um, you know, one, I, I think has, you know, better defensive personnel uh, just overall where you know, it's just all just Toronto is basically a team of all arms and, and wingspan. It's like, Everyone, you know, they're throwing out these lineups where like four of the guys are, are six, seven, and above, and it's just everyone switching. And um, and, and Nick Nurse, uh, you know, I, I still think is one of the best, uh, you know, coaches in the NBA, and, and especially at, at scheming a way to take out an opponent. We, we've seen uh, him do that against Joel Embiid, and uh, you know that was clearly their uh, strategy against the Lakers. Was you know we're not going to let Anthony Davis uh, drop forty on us. It's going to be anybody else, and you know D'Angelo Russell stepped up, Austin Reeves stepped up, you know Dennis, uh, but it, it was clear yeah. that it, yeah, Rui, um, it, it was clear like it's just it's, it's not going to be AD. So you know Toronto, it, it was a pick your poison type thing where Toronto just said like we're, we're dying on this hill of AD's not going to beat us if if all these other guys are going to make shots and, and make big plays on the stretch, then we're going to go out that way. But it's it's not going to be AD. Last night, I, I don't think it was as much. Uh, of that, you know, I think New York has a more traditional scheme, um, but I think it was a little bit more of a personnel thing where uh, Mitchell Robinson and uh, Isaiah Hartenstein uh, are, you know, both seven foot guys that that are, you know, long and and, and physical, and um, you know, I, I think they they kind of gave AD some problems where they just constantly had size around him. Um, you know, we're, we're digging in anytime he put the ball on the floor, anytime, really, anytime he had the ball below his chest, it was. Uh, you know, two, three guys around him reaching in. But, like, th- that's where I, I think you know, the Lakers have to, to, you know, find better ways to counter that um, with, with just, you know, cutting and, and off-ball movement and, uh, you know, placing shooters and, and, you know, his line of vision. And uh, really, you know, anytime, you know, there's, there's no perfect defense. So anytime you are you know, attacking an offense a certain way, you're giving something up. And I think the Lakers can, can sometimes do a better job of exploiting that um, and really, this has been an issue all season. You know, I, I remember in November and December, we had these types of conversations where it was like, why did AD take four shots in the second half? And, mm. um, you know, it, it's just, I feel like the book is kind of out on AD a little bit where you can take him out of the game. Um, but that's partly on AD. That's partly on, on Darwin. That's partly on the guards. Um, like, I, I think there's kind of a you know, blame to, to go around in multiple parties here. Uh, but if you're AD, I, I think, you know, you, you do probably have to assert yourself. And, and that's, you know, it's kind of to, to your question of the, the one thing I, I think sometimes is like AD can be a, a little passive. And 
Um, you know, I think on, on one hand, you know, very high basketball IQ and is always looking to make the right play and, and isn't really one of those guys who's going to take a bunch of bad shots. Like, you, know, you see Julius Randle last night, like, you know, he had a great game, but also some of these shots he's taking are just, um, like, it looks great when you make it, but when he's pulling up and, and taking, like, transition threes and, and clanking it off, off the rim, like, it, that's just a bad shot for, for a guy who's not that good of a shooter. So, um, you know, I, I think with, with AD, you, you kind of want some of that attitude maybe a little bit more with him of just, you know, I'm Anthony Davis, I'm, I'm going to go out, and I don't care how they're defending me, I, I'm going to drop 30, you know, regardless of the coverages, regardless of, of the way they're loading up against me. Um, so I, I think s- sometimes more of that attitude, and, and when we see it, that, that's when you get the 38-point, uh, the 40-point, the and sometimes it just looks so effortless with him. Like, he kind of walks into those performances, but then you see the, you know, the 17-point game, and you're like, why, why can't you do that that 38-point game every night? But, um, you know, I think, I think it's it, it's multiple things. that There's no, like, you know, I don't think there's one clear solution, but I, I would say, you know, AD can be more assertive, and, and you can kind of tell when he's being assertive versus when he's not. And I, I felt like, and, and look, to, to his credit, he took accountability last night. Like, that was the first thing. You know, Darvin kind of called out the team again of saying, uh, he, he's always preaching togetherness and, and uh, competitiveness and, you know, that stuff's fine, but accountability is part of that too. And he didn't feel like the group was being accountable. But first thing AD said was, you know, my fault, my play, I, I you know, it was my fault tonight and he took accountability. So I will say, you know, credit to, to AD for owning up to it, uh, for, for not, you know, kind of making excuses or putting the blame on, on Darvin or the guards or whatever. Like he owned up to, he didn't play well last night offensively, and, you know, so I think it's it's an ongoing problem, though, because I, I do think if you're looking at the blueprint to potentially beat the Lakers in a seven-game series, taking out AD, um, it, it's kind of worked. And so if you can do that, you know, you're at least going to have a competitive game with the Lakers uh, where it's going to come kind of come down to can the other guys make enough shots and plays. And, of course, when LeBron's there, it's, it's much easier, you know, harder to do that. Uh, because you got to take LeBron out as well. Sure. You can't let him go off. Uh, but as long as LeBron's out, I think it's much easier to kind of game plan that way, take AD out, and then, you know, let's see if D'Lo can beat us. Let's see if Austin, let's see if Dennis, Rui, et cetera. Well, Jovan, it's going to be a fun uh, end of the season here, 14 games left. Always appreciate your insight, buddy. We'll catch up soon, but thank you for uh, coming on the show. Yes, sir. Talk soon. All right, that's Jovan Buha, The Athletic. Uh, final thoughts coming up next, plus – uh, big week for the Lakers. It really, really is a big week. They got four games, and they got a lot of winnable games. So let's see what the Lakers can do. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk, 710 ESPN. Uh, thank you to uh, Jovan Bua, the athletic. Big week for the Lakers. Four games this week, and um, I cannot tell you how big of a game tomorrow is against the Pelicans. Now, I know we say that a lot. Eh? This is a big game, and it's a must win. It's all that. It's not a must win, but you're going to go in one of two directions. Lakers 33 and 35 right now. If they win tomorrow, they're tied with the Dallas Mavericks. They get some separation from the Pelicans who are right on their heel. 33 and 35, both teams 33 and 35. Plus you win the tiebreaker. Um, If you lose that game, the Pelicans win the tiebreaker. And then, uh, uh, you know, obviously from that perspective, it's you can almost call it like a two-game swing here. So big one for the Lakers coming up tomorrow. We'll pay attention to that one. Um, but the rest of the week, look, you got the Houston Rockets who are 16-52 and 52 on the season. 
16 and 52 on the season. Now, the Rockets were my team tonight because they beat the Boston Celtics. Give them credit there, which actually kind of shows you that it could be a dangerous game. That'd be a second of a back to back. And I haven't heard anything. I'm just kind of assuming here. Um, AD didn't play last time they had a back to back. So I'm not sure if anything's going to change this time around. We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, and then the last two games for the remainder of the week, you got the Dallas Mavericks, who I just mentioned are in the eight spot, so you get a chance to play them. They've lost three in a row. Luka and Kyrie both did not play tonight. I think they both missed the last two games, and I have no idea if Luka and Kyrie are going to be there on um, on Friday night, but there, there's an advantage of a team that seems to be reeling a little bit. And then you close out the week against the Orlando Magic, uh, Magic 28-40. I, it's it's set up for them now whether they take advantage of it or not. Take a quick listen here. I want to play this. Here's James Worthy on how big the game is. James Worthy, a Spectrum Sportsnet, how big tomorrow's game is. After the Nick loss um, on Sunday, this this game coming up uh, against New Orleans is a must win. Yeah, you can't, you can't you can't lose, you know, two in a row. You might have to you know go five in a row yeah. here, you know. But they you know this is critical moments right now. Uh, AD, you know, going back to. Where he used to play, he usually fares well there. I don't think he's going to have two bad games in a row. He needs to establish himself early and sustain it. And the rest of the guys seem to come around the bench. I thought on Sunday played okay, but it was just those moments. You know, it only takes a a two-minute moment to to lose a game, turnover, uh, giving up extra possessions to New York, not able to get the yeah. rebounds. And then uh, not 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 hitting your free throws in timely situations. I don't think they got to win five in a row, but I'll tell you what: this week, the four games that they have this week, can you go three and one? Pelicans without Zion, not sure if Ingram's going to play. Rockets who are struggling. The Mavs, who knows if Luka and Kyrie are going to be there, and then Orlando Magic, like I mentioned. Um, thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Uh, great show tonight, Lake fans. Greatly appreciate you guys all calling in and being a part of the show. I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your night.